Salve, citizens, and welcome to Republican Crisis. This podcast is intended to define the life, the beginning, and the death of the Roman Republic. Well, the collapse of the Roman Republic itself is hard to define, not necessarily because of how it fell, but finding a specific date to say that, yes, from this point on, there is no more Republic and is now the Empire. To do this, for our purposes, separating when the Republic was and when the Republic was not has to be backed up by an idea of what the Republic was and what it was not. To do this, we're going to be trying to pinpoint some key ideas that structured what the Republic viewed itself as. And to further complicate matters, the Republic often shifted depending on what party, family, or even what crisis it was going through. There were very few constants in their system, but one of them definitely seems to be that the ruling class was elite, the masses were often poor, and the military held an enormous amount of power throughout all levels of society. This is a very basic and very hardline view of what the Republic is, but it does definitely begin to define some constants in Roman life. But not only life just in the Republic. This was Roman life in general. To get down into the particular and kind of gritty details of the violent explosions that rock the Republic throughout its history, we have to dig deep into the early Republic. We have to dig deeper into the foundation that the entire system rested itself upon, which is going to be a really our big clue towards the answer of when the Republic really was not. So first and foremost, the Republic was not always the Republic. Before the Republic came to be, there was the Roman Kingdom, ruled by seven, although mythological, or at least likely mythological, kings. This is something that we're going to get into on the first episode, but it's worth knowing that the Republic came from somewhere, and that most of its ideals, principles, set itself back in the days of the kings. This includes kind of what parties existed, where they drew their lines, what they supported, and a lot of the ideologies that would come throughout, and especially in the later Republic. So to find our story, we begin with the kings of Rome. We're going to move into the Republic, which is going to take up, obviously, the vast majority of this podcast. And I think it's important to dive a little bit into the early empire, especially until the death of Caligula, to kind of find a point where we can say there is nothing left of the Republic that once was. To do this as well, this is not going to be just history per se, we need to include Roman life. This isn't just the life of the politicians, but the life of the masses, your average and common man and woman in the Roman Republic. This includes nobles, craftsmen, slaves, soldiers, and so on. So throughout the this entire podcast, there's likely going to be breaks where we kind of veer off away from the story to look at maybe some side stories. And although there's not a lot of sources telling us about what your common man, maybe your your Lucius the Baker or your bricklayer might have been doing, what their life was like, this is where we turn to outside of history. Archaeology itself gives us a lot of clues about what life was like as a Roman. But further than this, we need to look at the religious institutions, the kind of philosophies of the day, to find out what life really was like for your average Roman, citizen or not. 
But as I mentioned before, there's not a lot of sources about your common man. And the sources about general history and your leaders, your consuls, and your senators is fairly unreliable. I'm mentioning this because pretty much everything about the Roman kings is going to be mythological, and we need to view it as that. But that doesn't mean that it's not important. Kind of how Americans, with their founding fathers, and in particular George Washington, have created their almost own mythology that sets the foundation of what the American Republic would be, we have to do for the same for the Romans. Because although Romulus might have been fake, or might have been made up as a kind of filler for the gaps in our collective knowledge, the story itself builds ideals that would be important to founding the Republic itself and what was acceptable. So even if the story isn't true, we have to keep in mind that it's important that the Romans may have viewed it as mythological, but it definitely impacted their psyche. Many of these sources themselves as well are writing well after the date that they are writing about, sometimes up to 300 years. And the sources they rely upon were also secondary sources. So it's kind of like that I heard it from somebody who heard it from somebody whose cousin knew somebody who was there. And remembering that is going to be important to also understand that the hard fact, the hard story, is going to have some holes in it that may have been filled by a kind of dramatic retelling of history. So don't forget that going forward. So, in a sort of geographical look at what the Italian peninsula and the Mediterranean basin was like during the founding of Rome and the kingdom, Rome was never this great power. It took a long time for Rome to become Rome as we think it today, and that's where the saying, Rome wasn't built in a day, comes from. So what was the Mediterranean like during the founding of Rome and the early kingdom? Well, the Romans were kind of an outside player. The Italian peninsula itself in the north was dominated by Gallic tribes, kind of barbarian Frenchmen of the day, you could say, who dominated the Po Valley. To their self, we have probably the most important civilization to the early Romans, the Etruscans. The Etruscans themselves were basically the Romans before the Romans when it came to Italy. And there's something we're going to be getting deep into in our first episode, because pretty much all Roman culture, writing, ideas, were more or less stolen from the Etruscans. To the south of the Romans, we had the Greeks. Magna Graecia, the Greater Greece. The southern Italian peninsula and parts of Sicily itself were controlled by Greek colonists who had came over in very early history, settled the area, and would pretty much dominate the year throughout the Roman Republican life. This is all important because if we look at it, Rome is surrounded by strangers. Their neighbors may have been Latin, but that didn't mean they were friends of Rome. The people to the north of them were not Latin, and to the far north were considered barbarian. To the south, they had the Greeks. So Rome from a very early age was kind of squished between powers who were willing and very able to dominate the Italian peninsula. This meant that warfare in Rome was kind of inevitable. And many of the foundations that the Republic set itself on was survival by expansion. This meant that Rome was not going to be a good neighbor. 
It was not going to be a friendly neighbor. And they would commit, in what is modern-day standards, they would commit many war crimes and crimes against humanity. But this is kind of where it all comes from. Their position in the Mediterranean was unique because they divided East and Western trading routes, giving them a lot of power, but an important position that all of their neighbors wanted to control. And they would not be the only power in the Mediterranean. It's worth noting to set up the life of the early Republic, the people of Carthage. The Carthaginians themselves were Punic traders who had come probably from the Middle East, settled as Phoenician sailors, and began to grow a very strong and very large trading empire. Looking at the Carthaginians, they were kind of the Romans before the Romans. And they really dominated the Mediterranean, especially at sea. And this is something that we're going to have to contend with throughout Republican life. Further to the east, in modern-day Greece and Macedonia, we have, obviously, successors of Alexander's empire. These successors, particularly Macedonia, would be one of the early opponents of the Roman Republic. So keeping this in mind, there's a lot of big powers. And there's a lot of powers who would like to see Rome part of their empire. So early Roman life itself can be very easily classified as a kind of fight-or-die relationship with the entire world. So the domineering stance that was set up by the Roman kings and followed into the Republic and even well into the Empire is something that came out of desperation and a never-ending desire to survive. This is something that was core not just Republican life or kingdom life, but the entire identity of a Roman. And this is going to set us up for next week, where we really start talking about the early kings of Rome, particularly Romulus, the first king, because his warlike nature and his military aggressiveness and expansionism would define Roman life well into the empire. This sets us up for next week's episodes, which I intend to cover the early kingdom and seeing how far we can get into the reign of particularly the first two and probably the most important kings. I will see you next week. Take care, and thank you for listening.